Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Gauss Geekdom Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Crystal Williams. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm back again with Lizzie. Hi, I'm Lizzie. She or he is fine, either way. Um, all of the above on the, uh, scan, <laughs> on the Scantron test of multiple choice of pronouns. Right? <laughs> Right. Got it. Okay. Um, is Scantron a thing still? My brain. Yes, or at least at least it was for me. Unless it's not a thing anymore. Because I don't. Here's the thing. I'm in grad school, but I'm in the kind of grad. I'm in the, I'm in the kind of grad school where we don't have tests. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't use them anymore. Um, but last last I was taking you know hard classes that had tests. Scantrons were very much still a thing. Well, you know, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad our our, gen- our generations have kept that tradition of scantrons. I just remember the old technique of like, if you didn't know, you would either write like I don't know A or D all the way down. <laughs> if I didn't know the answer, I picked C. Ah, right in the middle. I can, yeah, I, can exactly. I respect that. I respect that. I was not a very good student, so there was a lot of. I, I guess I'll just fucking put C. I don't know. <laughs> Valid. I was good in some subjects, but not all of them. Um, I wasn't good at anything that required scantrons. I can tell you that. That's fair. They're kind of annoying. And sometimes they would intentionally throw in questions that are trick questions, which is stupid. Like, two answers that are the same, but one is spelled slightly different. Oh, I hate that shit. No, 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 no. (laughs) I hate that shit when there's clearly more... Okay, okay. Here's what I cannot stand, is if you're doing one of those things where it's like, well... Your and A is one answer, and B is another answer, and C is A and B. Oh God! It's like a combination. So like both, all of the answers are ac- all of the answers are correct, but they want you to say C, and that always pisses me off because if I'm moving through this test quickly, I might just read the first answer and be like, oh well, that's right, and then move on with my life. <sighs> Bullshit. <laughs> like, it was always bullshit. It always pissed me off. I was like, no, I was right. I don't care that there was more to the answer. I got the right one. Give me I the got point. The right, I got a right one. I knew that that was one of the correct answers. So fuck off. <laughs> I don't like, I, dis, I deeply, on tests, I deeply dislike trick questions. Yeah. I don't like them either. But to be fair, I don't like tests either. They scare me. You get all prepared, you know everything, then you get to the test and they word it in a different way and your brain goes, what? <laughs> Just all sense and logic goes out the door. I'm glad you don't have to deal with that anymore. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. It was always stupid, and I feel like the the mission like the mission of school should not be to um, 
it shouldn't be to trip kids up. Like, your goal shouldn't be to confuse your students. No. It's about education. Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> well, I'm also just glad I'm not a teacher. <laughs> But, instead of tests, which can be geeky. I, <laughs> I do projects and I do papers. I'm good at that. I don't okay. test well. Even when it's subjects I'm good, I, was, I was good at or knew very well. Um, but... Even when it was a subject I was good at or knew well, I would do a bad job on the test because I don't take tests well. They stress me out. They're just Some people don't do well with tests. Schools aren't great at at assessing the needs of individual students. Sometimes it's like putting a, um, I don't know, like a square block into a circle hole, you know. But as we know, if we follow TikTok, everything goes in the square hole. Everything goes... No! I hated that. That made me deeply upset. (laughs) That's right. The square hole. (laughs) No. (laughs) The lady who did those TikToks was amazing. (laughs) She knew what she was doing. She did. I also love that she did one like months later. That like the ending was the was the square hole like like twist reveal to it, and it was like the best. <laughs> but um, I heard there was a there was a um, there was a certain movie trailer that came out this week. Well, there's a lot of movie trailers actually. Was it very pink? It was very pink. And it was also very um, colorful. And I think it was based off of a toy line. Oh, G.I. Joe. Yes, it was a G.I. Joe movie. Uh, Very pink. Uh, The the G.I. Joe, yes, it's G.I. Joe, the new one. The new Transformers trailer? It's the new Transformers trailer, yes. That legit though, that okay, that's a real thing. But we'll get to, we'll get to what we're actually talking about in a sec. Did you know <laughs> RC is finally like actually in these movies? Yes. It only took them check notes fifteen years to get the lady robot. <laughs> she was in um, wasn't she in briefly in um? Bumblebee? No, there was a different yeah. one. I want to say it was, it was three, where they they said that she was there, but she didn't have any lines and died. For and some so reason, I'm I thought she was in. Retcon. For some reason, I thought she was in the that movie. Was she maybe in the background during like that opening uh, fight on on the the the, the car planet? 
Uh, yes, Cybertron. Cybertron. Was that it? I think she was in that scene. Okay, just from the trailer, it looks like okay, so it looks like RC's in the movie and is a real character. Yes, is a real character. I know because um, they feature her really prominently in the trailer. <laughs> yes, I it's think like, she like, made a brief appearance in the in the other one, but but she features a prominent role in in the new film. It doesn't count to me. If you like, if you're not, like, it doesn't count to me that like, oh, well, that background robot over there. That's like, that doesn't mean. I'm also like, I'm not the best person to care about this when it comes to Transformers. I didn't grow up with the show or anything. I actually more accurately grew up with the shitty Michael Bay movies. Uh, but <laughs> so I grew up with the. I think before I saw the Michael Bay movies, like a year or two, I sought out the Transformers. Um, movie from the 80s so i do have a love for the series in that way but i had not like a, a connoisseur you know it's not my it's not my forte but uh i remember liking it at the time for sure 2000 what six five seven was the movie so was it 2000 i wanted i thought i thought it was 2008 no, it was 2007, I'm pretty certain. It's the uh, same year I, that Spider-Man 3 came out, right? I think you're probably right, I bet it is 2007. I just remember I was a... I was... Uh, it came out during yeah, the... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it was between my freshman and sophomore years in high school. So, I was like 15... Yeah, you're right. You're Some, right. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 been a bit. It's been a minute. Um, but um, I am glad that our season it finally have one of the lady robots, and it looks good. The new one looks good. I I I'm glad that Michael Bay is not really making these movies anymore. <laughs> is he still producing them? I think so. I think he's like still credited as a producer, but. The filmmakers are definitely taking different approaches to the material. Um, Travis Knight with Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee was very good. I liked Bumblebee a lot. Bumblebee was was very good and was clearly made by like by someone who's not Bay. <laughs> <laughs> like someone who who cares. <laughs> I'm 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 being a little bit mean, but I think someone I think, who gives. Like any fucks about the material. Yes, yeah, it, they did. I mean, that whole opening on Cybertron was awesome. <laughs> Legit, cool. Caring about the material, though. Oh my gosh. Hey, isn't isn't this also Hasbro? It's all Hasbro related. <laughs> the, Bar- the Barbie trailer came out. The Barbie. Tra- <laughs> I mean, this this is the longest run to it, but yes, the Barbie trailer did come out. Um. And, um, yeah, this is going to be the best movie this year. There was another I am, I am so excited. I am so excited. It looks excellent. It looks great. Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are perfect. The... Colors for here's I need to to hyper focus on this very specific thing, which is that the color palette is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which and it here's the thing people people in pop culture people get barb that people don't make Barbie Barbie pink in the pop culture zeitgeist people always call hot pink Barbie pink Barbie pink is not hot pink is there a classification for for Barbie pink no it's just Barbie pink but it's <laughs> Barbie pink looks like plastic <laughs> Barbie pink Barbie pink is softer it's not fuchsia it's not hot pink it's it's softer uh and the palette for the Barbie movie knew that and got it correct I mean you would hope so right It definitely feels like these characters are living in the world that is like that is created through Barbie toys. Like it definitely feels like that. Um, I have for reasons I will not um, elaborate upon, but I have reasons to believe that the plot of this movie, which we all collectively still don't know, is not the Lego movie. So As in I how, how the Lego movie was like. It was all kind of like a, um, the big twist in that movie was like it was all just toys and it was the imagination of the child, correct? Yes, yes. Um, which I think that twist was phenomenal in that film. I think that worked out really well. It was, because I, I don't think, I, I don't think people thought coming really. No. Um, I think they, they were very smart with how they approached it and also very genuine, like emotionally resonating, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and weirdly enough, Will Ferrell's in both. <laughs> Is he just going to be in toy movies now? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like what's the other than the what else has Will Ferrell done lately? Oh, um, the last movie I saw him in was Spirited with um, Ryan Reynolds. That was an Apple movie. That was, um, it was Christmas Carol, but it was a musical. Was it live? Yeah. Brian Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Tap dancing and singing. Those things? Okay. I should look that up. That sounds entertaining. It was. It was cute. I mean, you're you're not going to walk away going, this is an amazing movie, but it's got some genuinely good songs. They play off each other very well. Um, and it's sweet. At times. And uh, Ryan Reynolds plays a massive asshole. <laughs> Again, it's Christmas Carol, pretty much. Hard to Have explain. Have you seen Scrooged? I did see Scrooged. I like that movie. The but it's not my favorite. Eyes? It's not my favorite Christmas Carol adaptation, but I enjoy it. Did you see it? Yeah, oh, I've seen it. I've seen it a few times. It's a good. It's It's solid. I don't know. I just thought of it. Because that was what I because I remember now that you've mentioned it I remember those trailers for the Ryan Reynolds thing and I remember every time I would see it I'm just like this is just Scrooge Scrooge again <laughs> we did this we did Ebenezer Scrooge as a asshole businessman yes yeah yeah I know what you're saying yeah it's it is similar to that I would say but there's enough twists in it that makes it um interesting.
I don't know. I, I had fun watching it at Christmas time. Hmm. That's a really interesting topic that we've just brought up in, in April. <laughs> well, you asked. It, it connected. <laughs> no, are you excited for Barbie Crystal? I am very excited. I think it looks really funny. Did you grow up playing with Barbies? No. Okay. So have you felt, have you seen all of the tweets from from people who grew up playing with Barbies, describing how they played with Barbies and, and found them deeply unhinged? Um, you said, you asked about, who, who would be out? In, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? <laughs> okay. Have you seen the tweets from people who did grow up playing with Barbies? Have you found them completely unhinged? I have not seen much, to be honest. Ah, okay. So, you know, the Barbies would set up for world domination. Mm-hmm. Um, there was war. There were nuclear bombs. Okay. There were orgies. We didn't know what an orgy was, but there were orgies. They were all kissing each other, and it was super dramatic, and they'd fight about it. <laughs> wow. It was it was intense. Sounds intense. This is so the way this is the way we played with Barbies, and you would have here's and, and it was also the way it went. The interesting thing, the interesting thing about the vibe from this movie, because people keep saying, oh, it feels so accurate to the way kids play with Barbies, which is true. But the thing about the vibe from the trailer is is just the fact in and of itself that there is more than one Ken is the only offsetting thing. Because I don't know a single person who ever had more than one Ken. You had like fifteen Barbies. And one Ken. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Ken didn't seem like a very popular toy. He's her, I've seen, we have put this very well. He's her purse. He's an accessory. He's really not. You had a text on me about, uh, the story, which I remember Ryan Gosling talking about, um, about how he got the part, right? <laughs> about the lemon. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna reiterate that story? Um, so Ryan Gosling like the short version is that uh, Ryan Gosling stepped outside into the back garden and found a Ken doll face down in the dirt next to a squished lemon. And he took a picture of that and sent it to Greta Gerwig. And said, quote, I shall be your Ken, your Ken, for this story must be told. <laughs> and that was how Ryan Gosling officially signed on. Can we talk about all of the people who are calling him old? Too old to play Ken? I noticed that. Uh, what? I didn't, my mind was What ridiculous, ridiculous business. Who are these people? Have they looked at the Ken doll before? I'm confused about many things. Many in many angles of this 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 confound me. Lots of things confound me about that. No, but like I first of all, I'm seeing and this has to be this has to be like young people. It has to be people under like under like under the age of 20 
saying that Ryan Gosling is ugly because that's simply not true. <laughs> uh, he's so I old, like twenty-five. Not, he's not styled his best. Like, for, like, like in the Barbie movie, he is not like in a color palette that best suits him. But that's a separate. That's a separate point. Ryan Gosling is not ugly, and if you think Ryan Gosling is ugly, I need to go to whatever, I need to see the men where you live. (laughs) (laughs) Like, desperately, please show me, because there's (laughs) zero to none chance that they're more attractive than Ryan Gosling, even now, let alone Ryan Gosling, like, 15, 20 years ago. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And I also don't like the idea, like his, there were people saying this before apparently, and I didn't see, I saw, I think maybe one tweet ever that was anti Ryan Gosling being in the movie before the trailer dropped, um, saying that he looked like he th- had too many thoughts in his head. <laughs> um. <laughs> but other than that, I was like, like, I didn't see anybody being negative about this until after the trailer, and I don't understand how that can be because the trailer—he's so perfect. I don't know why they're focusing on exactly how, like, he looks, <laughs> like as opposed to his performance and how funny he is. I don't get it. I am. I, I'm surprised there was not more comments from people saying they wanted to beach him off. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see people? Uh, did you see the tweet that was like, "I don't think people are getting that this isn't a kids' movie." Yes, it is. I need everyone come close to me. Everybody, everybody, circle around. Come in. Come, 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 come. Listen to Auntie Lizzie's. Story hour. <laughs> the Barbie movie is going to be appropriate for children. Like, I need, like, and I think, I believe because it's Greta Gerwig, like, I guess it's probably got an interesting story. It's probably, it's like, it's not a movie for babies, but it's not. <laughs> there are people out here being like, oh, it's going to be this raunchy R-rated comparing it to Sausage Party. Like, oh, parents are going to bring their kids here by mistake. Parents are not taking their children to the Barbie movie by mistake. They're taking their children to the Barbie movie because the Barbie movie is for their children. And what started to frustrate me about this conversation was people talking about Greta Gerwig as a filmmaker like she's Tarantino or Martin Scorsese. Or something. And I don't say that in a way to disparage Greta Gerwig's talent in any capacity. She's a fantastic filmmaker. But Greta Gerwig makes films for adolescent girls. She knows what she is doing. Yeah, she she does that very deliberately and unapologetically. And the only reason to sit around and pretend otherwise is because you don't regard adolescent girls as a demographic worthy of films that smart and well made. Worth like you don't you don't regard twelve year old girls as a demographic that Oscar award winning movies like Lady Bird and Little Women 
can be catered to. But I got news for you. Lady Bird and Little Women's target demographic was 14-year-old girls, and so is the Barbie movie. I I even think the Barbie movie will be catered toward uh, uh, an even wider audience, uh, considering that they're banking a lot of money on this project, as opposed to those other films which were, like you said, catered toward adolescent girls, you know? I feel like, um, because, <laughs> especially with Little Women, like, Little Women is such a, is actually kind of a perfect, in, in and of itself, is almost a perfect encapsulation of this thing that I'm talking about. Little Women was a book written for, for young women, for teenage girls. That is who Louisa May Alcott wrote that book for, but because it is a it's now exists as a piece of classic, in, um, uh, classic American literature, uh, it gets treated like it's not. It's, and that's that's very annoying. <laughs> is things to gain legitimacy have to like direct, like like uh, disassociate themselves from its its young girl audience? And that's part of what is so valuable about Greta Gerwig as a budding filmmaker, which is another thing. She was talking about it. This woman has made two feature films. Like we actually don't, <laughs> we don't know that much about like her signature or anything yet. She's got to she's got to make at least a couple more. But like Greta Gerwig as a filmmaker, like is clearly pushing against that. Like she wants to make films for girls, for women, and she's not apologizing for it. And I don't know, that's what's so appealing about the Barbie movie, is that the Barbie movie is not trying to, not, like, that was the, that was at the crux of it, the issue with, like, all of these other kid toy movies that came out 15 fucking years ago, like Transformers, like the G.I. Joe movie, is they all wanted to apologize the whole time hmm. for being a children's brand. Right. And, like, what's so joyful just from the trailer of the Barbie movie is that it's not a like it's not ashamed of what it is at all. No, it's but not. Yes, I'm Bar we're Barbie, we're pink and we're pastel and we've got bright pop music and people rollerblade everywhere and they go to the beach and Barbie is everything. Barbie is the president and a doctor. I also, <laughs> and a Nobel I Prize winner. Think, I do also do think it is attempting to add uh a fair amount of innuendo, of course. Uh, of course it is. It's making jokes, but no, kids' movies do that. Like the beat, the beach off joke. <laughs> it's. I would say that's one of the more borderline ones I've seen of that type of joke. I get it. It it still can be, you know, it skirts that line. But I think that one's that one's the most borderline. Uh, you know. Not enough. That's why I was like, my, I was like speculating whether or not that something like that could still earn the PG rating, but I think it can. I don't know how the MPAA determines the line between PG and PG-13. That seems a little bit more, uh, you know, borderline-ish, if you get what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if there's parts of this movie that has to be cut down to get, you know. 
Yeah, but I would put that much more on um, studios being really, really cowardly nowadays than um, Greta Gerwig, than the film not being made for the audience that it, it's aiming for. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm not saying it's not aiming for a certain audience. I'm just saying I'm wondering how realistically an MPAA, you know, that would take a look at a film like that. I know the MPAA is a bunch of fickle people. <laughs> so, there's a long history of that. Either yeah, no, way. They're crazy. They don't make any sense. They don't have any consistency on a single thing they do. Ah, uh, that's true. No, not at all. So, you know. Uh, so, yes, uh, is there, like, I guess the last question for the uh, for the trailer. Is there a single element of the, the movie that you're looking forward to the most? Margot Robbie. I'm, I don't think I've talked about it nearly as much as I should on this podcast. I'm obsessed with Margot Robbie. As a person or a performer or? Both. Because okay. I'm super gay and I love Harley okay. Quinn. It has a lot to do okay. with it. But I, I just, I love Margot Robbie. She's such a good actress. Um, and I feel like she's been in a few flops over the last, like, year and a half. So I'm really, really hoping that this movie brings brings it back, brings brings things back for her. I think so. She's very talented. Oh, she was in Babylon. I forgot about that. She, I still haven't seen Babylon. My I, my grad school friends want me to say that I need to watch it. but I've heard a lot of... Uh... I have heard a lot of really interesting reactions to it. Either people are, like, screaming in the mountains that it's a masterpiece or that it's kind of mediocre. Which Say makes that. it... What? I was saying that I've heard a lot of a lot of mixed reactions to Babylon. Same. It's felt overwhelmingly... Like, people love it or people hate it. It doesn't yeah. really seem to be a movie that inspires apathy, which I, guess that's I think is an accomplishment unto itself, yeah. I mean, I was listening to the podcast of The Last of Us, and I'm not going to spoil anything, um, but the ending is famously, um, even in the original game, uh, famously... Um, sort of ambiguous in a way. Um, and I think Troy or one of them asked, you know, um, Neil Druckmann, like, that if there, people are going to hate it or not. And I think Neil said something along the lines of, like, I, w I, I want them to feel something. I'd rather them hate it because they felt something because of this than just be bored by it. And I thought that was an interesting approach to that. Yeah, that makes sense. So that 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 fits. <laughs> um, I uh, I love I love that we're getting a trans Barbie. 
Yes, I don't know how they kept that a secret for as long as they did. Um, Hari Neff is her name. I don't know enough. Of, I don't know a lot about her. It just feels like the kind of thing that like would have been big news as a casting announcement. So I'm surprised that it kept under wraps up until the trailer. Yeah, um, she was the first trans woman to appear on the cover of a major British magazine. That's her big thing. She's a model. But she's also been appearing in some movies, and I remember her making an appearance in last season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, she played a secretary in a scene. Mm. So, so, not a very big yeah. role, but... <laughs> Sorry, I, you know why I thought of this just now? It's because Nicole Maines is in season two. Um, oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I started watching Yellow Jackets this week. Uh, are you caught up in a matter of two days? Oh, you're caught up. I think I'm I caught am. up. We watch. There's been only two episodes, right, of the new season? Season two, yeah. Okay, um, I'm but, caught up. Then. Oh my! Oh my fucking god! <laughs> All right, we'll talk a bit about Yellow Jackets. Uh, um, I guess spoilers for season spoilers one. Spoilers for season one. Yeah. We can avoid spoilers for season two. Yeah, because it's new. Season one came out a year ago, so. Yeah, but season one, I feel like, can be forfeit. Um, oh my god, okay. I need to, okay, I have many things to say, I have many complimentary things to say, but I need to get this off my chest, I need to complain about something. You need to get so, it off your desk? I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, we have to sneak in a table reference. Um, so, <laughs> no, so partway through the season, we find out, uh, season one, we find out that one of the girls in the story, in the storyline while they're, while they're teenagers in the wilderness is pregnant. And there's even a scene where she has a, a dream that she gave, gives birth to the baby as a roast turkey or a roast chicken. That. Yeah, it's a really, it's really weird. Um, but, like, so I saw that, and I made a joke tweet that was, like, oh, my God, are they going to eat the fucking baby, right? Like, <laughs> I was, like, oh, my oh my God, like, what? <laughs> this is 25 years in the past, so I know that whatever the fuck happened to that baby, she's not there. Like, it's not fair. It's not what it's fair. <laughs> right? Um, and I got a slew of responses from people talking about how apparently in various interviews, the writers have been uh, very insistent that they didn't, quote, didn't want to go that far and that they weren't going to do it. So I have a thing to complain about in regards to that. I'm not mad that you don't want to do that. And if that feels too dark or too upsetting or it's not the storyline that you're trying to write for the for the for the baby, like that's that's fine. I'm not mad that you aren't having them eat the baby. I'm kind of mad that you came out of the woodwork to assure the public that they weren't going to eat the baby. Because that's a really, like, that's a really, really stressful thing. Because the question of what the, okay, so we know this girl's pregnant. What the fuck happened to the baby? Because the other storyline is 25 years in the future, right? Like, that's a big question. That's a big mystery. And the possibility that maybe they ate the baby was creating a lot of tension for me. 
Oh really? I wasn't even thinking about, about that to be honest. Really? I was I, th- I I might not I might not have caught like I might not have been as invested in it as a possibility if not for the the, the birthing of the roast chicken. <laughs> to me that felt like that felt like a very deliberate foreshadowing to me. So I was like, "Oh god. Oh god, are they going to eat like and like I wanted to be worried about it. I wanted to be worried about the possibility that they were going to eat the fucking baby." Until you confirmed in the story that it didn't happen. I didn't need, like, I don't like that you came out as a, like, I don't know. It feels, to me, that feels like not what you should do as a writer. I mean. Is be like, I see what you mean. I'm going to dissipate the tension around one of our most potentially upsetting plot points. It's like, Why? I wanted to sit here stressed about whether or not they were going to eat the damn baby. <laughs> I don't think they wanted people speculating, I suppose. Uh, you know, sometimes writers make that decision. Like kind of how the Harley Quinn writers were like, her and Ivy will never split up, you know. Like, you know, that's kind of a thing. Very different thing. Mind you, uh, uh, lesbian relationship is not a not a one to one analogy with consuming a human child. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the show. So you're liking the show, right? Yes. Sorry, I got distracted looking at something. Yes, the show is great. I'm sorry, that was just a thing. I didn't know how to effectively complain about that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I uh... without making people feel bad for telling me about those interviews because that's not what I was in. I'm not a mad like I'm not mad in the sense that it was a spoiler. I'm not mad in the sense that people told me. I'm mad at the writers for doing that. I think that it was a bad decision on their part. But um no, the show is great. It's really gay. The casting's amazing. It's really, really great to see. And the and this and the older side of the cast. So it's got a parallel story, right, with the same characters. One when in nineteen ninety six while they're crashed in the wilderness and one with the survivors as adults. And it is so, so very, very nice to see all of these like mid forties actresses. Multiple, there's like four or five of them on the uh, as of season two now, as leads on as leads on this show. Like being being a woman in being an actress and being a woman over forty but under sixty is really hard. Because um, you're too old to be an ingenue and you're too young to be like a grandmother, so Hollywood doesn't like know what to do with you. Mhm. No, that is that is true. Um So um I think you you might actually enjoy the show a bit more than I do. <laughs> Aww. Oh. I, I like the show. Um I also haven't fallen in love with it. <laughs> like it's like it's fine. <laughs> Is that a hot take? I I don't know. Like I've I I've only seen positive things about the show, but I've only been engaging with space for three days. <laughs> no, that's fair. I'm not I'm not trying to sway you one way or the other. 
I, there's just choices on the show that are not that that I don't I don't particularly find that appealing. But I enjoy. Yeah, tell me. Lots. I think there's certain characters on the show that you're supposed to feel for, and I don't. <laughs> like, just there's no there's no feeling or connection to those characters. Right? It's just like, who cares if they died? <laughs> like, but that's just me. Like Toast. Who do you not care about Crystal? Crystal. <laughs> I don't want you to hate me. I won't. I'm just kidding. Uh, let me get the names up of the characters. I won't hate you. You, I might tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not invested enough yet to be like, angry at someone for disliking the thing I like. It's okay. I don't even dislike it. I enjoy the show fine. It's just um I don't love it. <laughs> I don't I don't love that the show is and I get why it's doing it, but I'm I'm not I'm not loving the show where it's like where it's bringing up more questions than it does answer things. Uh um because it feels like they want to stretch the series out for like a long time, and when I feel that, my like my heart starts to starts to wor- worry because usually when they try and stretch things out and questions for as long as long as possible, it ends up with unsatisfying stories in the end. And so my my brain's going like, <laughs> you could give a little bit more than what you're doing. Uh, Interesting. I also don't care for Shauna as a character. <laughs> She's a bad mom. <laughs> the only character I I I I care about is Nat Natalie. <laughs> That's interesting. Why Natalie? I feel like she's like I feel like she's the one who has, and I'm not trying to say that someone's trauma doesn't change people, it obviously does. I feel like there's an honesty and a heart to Natalie, and while she's messes up in her own life, um, and has her own issues of addiction and everything, I feel that there's like an honesty there that it's not in the other characters. And I feel she's far more of, um, of an empathetic person, um, in a way that so many of them aren't. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't dis- okay, I don't disagree. I think that Natalie is probably um objectively the least terrible person. That's probably why that's. Yeah. Um I agree with that. The thing I one of the things I actually like about the show is the fact that these are these are characters are are all kind of clear are clearly bad people. I get that. And I think the thing about it that's going to be very intriguing is that I feel like the fact that they are bad people is not in and of itself just because they engaged in cannibalism while they were starving to death. Because that by itself, conceptually, while horrifying, doesn't make you, like, evil. No, no, I get that. Yeah. I just... I, I, I think it's interesting that they are presenting, like, like I don't know, it makes people feel very complicated. And it makes me excited, especially with the, um, in season two, they've introduced this uh, sort of cult. 
angle, which I won't give any details about, because like I said, I didn't, we didn't want to spoil anything about season two. Well, season but, one kind of hints at that. It does, but season two, I... That, <laughs> no spoilers for that, yeah. No spoilers, no spoilers for season two. Um, but I'm very excited. I think the thing that has me super hyped at the moment, now that we finally, uh, is... I'm excited for, in the story arc with the young girl, like, for the era of their arc while they're in the wilderness, I'm really excited to learn about the progression of the of the cult that is clearly forming amongst the young girls. I'm excited to learn more about the... I'm intrigued deeply by the lore, by the, is there magic happening? Is it... Or, or are they just going crazy? I think at this juncture, it's pretty clear that there's actual, there's some sort of actual malevolent spirit in the woods. My, my, my concern is that they won't really answer that, and they will just keep that dragging along for the entire course of the show. Um, and I have a feeling that that might happen, unless they just say "fuck it," we're just going to acknowledge it. But the vibe I'm getting is that like. Like, this is something that they want to keep going for a while. And that that makes me nervous. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel like sometimes with shows, when they, when they come up with, like, is it or is it not some sort of magical sort of entity thing, and they string people along, they have to come up with new ways of writing that story to make it stretch out longer than it, than it realistically should. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, I would rather have, like, a definite answer than, a than like, than, like, a lost situation, <laughs> you know? Like, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, it's that TV writing. I don't, I don't think, I guess, I, no. I don't feel like this is going, and maybe I'm about to be a clown because I never got super invested in Lost, and maybe this will be my Lost. But I don't see this going the direction of Lost. This I I don't know. I deeply feel like there's a very decided direction. I don't know. It feel it I've feels like I've also seen so much TV that it's the, yeah. I've seen so much TV that like things like that can bother me. I prefer like concise, sort of shorter, condensed storylines and stuff like that. Personally, but that again, that's not that's not to diminish the incredible performances from the cast. Um, a lot of, like, really good and interesting characterization on the show. Um, a willingness to show gore that I haven't seen a lot of other show, shows do in the same way. Um, like, it's pretty gruesome at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I appreciate as a horror fan. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll see. I don't know. I no, I but... am optimistic. I, I'm engaged, and I'm optimistic about the direction of the show. I like that it's really gay. I like the homo-romanticism, even the non-explicitly gay characters. That no, doesn't but... feel like queer baiting. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get it. I'm, I like that, too. I do like the show. I just have concerns. I think that's okay. my point. Yeah. You're being more apprehensive than me. Yeah, I am. <laughs> There's just like these little red flags that on my brain's going like, 
is this like genuinely going to like be a problem or is this show going to continue being interesting? I I don't know, but I'm also being more pessimistic about it. <laughs> um, but I'm still watching it and still enjoying it. So I just wish that you didn't have to pay Paramount more to watch that. <laughs> Uh, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, it, they got me pretty in vet, like, I didn't pay to start watching it. I had access through a friend to watch it. Um, and I got so invested that I didn't want to wait for season two. So then I logged in and I gave, <laughs> I gave Showtime my money. That's fair. <laughs> um, no, but I'm glad you watched it. You're like one of the only people that I know that watches that show. <laughs> my uh, my friend Josh, the horror guru, he's been insisting, insisting, insisting for a while that I watch it to me. So he's yeah, he's very it's up your app. When when you started watching, I'm like, yeah, that's a Lizzie show <laughs> in the best way because I, I I know <laughs> I know, you're, I, know you're, I know your taste. You like gay my and horror. Taste. I like I like things that are gay. I like things that are horror. I like things that are women. Yes, especially older women who are very talented actors who don't get as much of leading roles because of misogyny. So, so that's cool. I said I I said I know you like shows that feature these really talented older actresses who probably don't get yes. as much of the leading roles as. Well, Men because of misogyny. It's so nice. It's so nice to see like Melanie Linsky and Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis as three of the main leads in a Showtime television show. Like that's really that's really cool. Oh, it is awesome. There and and it's it it makes it makes me happy. <laughs> I do have a point of an um frustration with that, with a take I did see, which I saw someone call Nat's storyline boring, and I'm gonna need to really argue about that one <laughs> because it seems to boil down like it was decided the the boring straight story arc, and I don't care for that as a descriptor of anything in general. Um, but especially with these characters, because to reduce the dynamic between Nat and um, Travis as, like, just a regular old hetero romance arc, I think really does a disservice to the writing of the characters. Um, like, the fact that they are no longer romantically involved as grown-ups kind of tells you everything you need to know that... This was not, it's not just, oh, well, they're falling in love in the wilderness and it gets complicated. Like, no, their story arc is about examining uh, trauma bonding and um, codependency and how even if you aren't romantically involved anymore, those relationships will follow you in your life and that you might not, even if you love each other, you might not be good for each other. And so to reduce that down to the boring straight storyline, it's like, I don't know, a disservice to to Nat as a character, I think. I, I saw that tweet, and I agree with you. Uh, like, I don't know. The, that character is nuanced, and there's a lot 
that inform that storyline. So calling it boring is uh, is in and of itself boring. Do you have a favorite character? Misty. <laughs> I'm just gonna be so real. Um, the one character, feels- the one character that I enjoy watching the performance, but I wouldn't mind if something bad happened. <laughs> no, listen to me, listen to me, because I am rooting for Misty. No, she's evil. <laughs> Oh yes, she is. Okay, let's be. Let's be. It's the same don't way worry, that I was. For the, for the villain. The same way that I was completely and unironically rooting for Tiffany while I was watching the Chucky TV Fair. show. Fair. I'm I standing here rooting for Misty. I'm like, oh, you're no, you're evil and you're crazy, um, but I love you and you're my baby, so I'm on your side. <laughs> like I don't care. I don't. <laughs> Like, be evil. Keep yeah, murdering yeah. people, babe. I love that for you. <laughs> the most psychotic... Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Is, like, I, I think the best thing that they possibly did to set up Misty's particular brand of fucked up was, liter- was in fact, showing her um, destroying the plane tracker in, like, what was it, the second or third episode of season one? Oh, I mean, that's I the moment like when that's the moment when I had no sympathy for the character. Like it's the moment, it's it's a really important moment that takes this character from being um, just like an underdog who is w- weird and awkward, but you feel bad for her to being like, oh no, you're like a school shooter. <laughs> Oh, you're crazy. Okay, you're crazy. And it's like, here's at this juncture of the, we're at in the story with the girls in the wilderness, they don't know yet. But the degree to which, as adults, none of them trust her, I have to assume they're going to find out. Or that's going to get worse. I I feel like, because here's the thing, everything else Misty does wrong after that is explainable and excusable to me. Um, Like, not not in real life, I suppose, but within the confines of the actions that all of these characters take and do to each other. Like, thus far, the things Misty has also done, like, other other than the, the destroying the functionally the black box on the plane so that they couldn't be found um other than that like this is all like regular trauma bonding freaking out going crazy kind of stuff that everyone else is doing but that is a very particular like like i have to like for them to not trust her and not like her and be this determined to not talk to her even when they probably should be because there's quite a few times when they're, like, refusing to take Misty's calls, and I'm like, y'all should really be taking them. I mean, they probably have good reason to avoid her. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'm assuming the depths to which they go to avoid, the lengths they go to avoid talking to her, even when they probably should be, um, speaks to me, like, they have to know. They have to, that has to be a thing that is going to, that they're going to find out. 
yeah, that's definitely going to play up. I am excited about that. Which, uh, we have done a great job of not spoiling season two. <laughs> we haven't said anything specifically about that. Um, it's weird. When I watch a show, like, you binged it, um, but I watched it when it, it was, like, like on the air last year, season one, so I'm trying to remember all the details, you know? <laughs> Because I don't rewatch before I do a new season, mm-hmm. you know. So like sometimes I'm like, oh, I forgot that's what happened. <laughs> it's a uh, it's definitely a dark and brutal show that I have a feeling a lot of our listeners would probably really enjoy if they're not already wa- watching it. It's on Showtime. This is a pretty big hit for Showtime, isn't it? I think so. It would seem so. Yeah. Um, the last thing I really watched on Showtime was Dexter, the last season. I that actually might be true for me too because I don't like I said I had to you have to pay for, I had to pay for an add-on to watch Yellow Jackets, mm-hmm. so like I don't think. I've, like, paid attention to something specifically on Showtime since Dexter ended. Originally. I still haven't seen the um, that new season they made. So, the new season is good. It's far better than the last couple seasons of the original Dexter. Um, the last but couple it's not... seasons, which were just run- jogging in place. <laughs> yeah. So, it's it's better. But it doesn't quite reach the heights the show had in the first four seasons. So it's like somewhere in the middle. Which I still recommend you probably check out just to have your own sort of thoughts and feelings on this season. Which I will tell you feels very final in a lot of ways. So without spoiling. I could I could talk quite a lot about how much I hate the last season of Dexter. But it's much easier to just state the 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 issue that plagued most of Dexter post season four, which is that after season four, the show was terrified of ever moving forward. So they just kept a recycling plot points. They did the Dexter finds the one magic woman that understands him. In contrast to Rita, like three or four times, and it got really old. <laughs> yeah. Um but also like the thing, the thing that always got like got to me with Dexter is that like with season 4 this was a huge shift in the status quo. He was married, he lived in the suburbs, he had a house, he didn't just have two stepkids, he had a baby like and a wife. Like it was a like this what it was huge real actual stakes. Um on the relationship and on his and on his dynamic that changed what he was doing because it really now wasn't about like it wasn't about him um and then they were fucking cowards and they killed Rita at the end of the season which didn't have to be super cowardly if they like actually delved into the consequences of that happening but they didn't they killed Rita at the end of season 4 
so that they could revert to the status quo. And so Dexter's stepkids go to live with their grandparents in a different city, and he goes back to living in the same apartment as before, and everything goes back to the way it was. He barely has to contend with the responsibilities of being a dad to his newborn baby because eventually, like, after, like, one or two seasons of that, he got a nanny that's just, like, basically a 24-7 mom to the kid. Yeah, that's how they... It was so annoying. I was so mad. I was so pissed because like, and it's, and it goes back to like what made everybody mad about the original ending of the last season of Dexter ultimately, which is that Dexter didn't, he did, he neither dies nor gets arrested. And let me tell you, like it pissed, like it pissed, it pissed me off. It always bothered me. I'm like, no, the last season, there was never a reason. The last season of Dexter was always so clearly written in the cards, which is that the penultimate season finale the, uh, should have been Dexter getting arrested, and the last season of the show should have been about the social and familial fallout of his actions. Yeah, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> and there, uh, while his trial is happening, that and that was always, always blatant. And it doesn't mean he has he had to be executed by the end of the series or even in jail. If you wanted him to do a jailbreak at the end of your show and have him go living in isolation in the woods, fine, whatever. But the fact that the that the final season of the show didn't like actually force Dexter to contend with the consequences of his actions was so fucking annoying. And it was emblematic of all of the issues that the show had run into since season four. When they copped the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I have so many. This pisses me off so much because there's no reason for this not to have been how the show went down. Well, then you might be happy with the uh, the the last season. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything, but it's really interesting what they did. Not perfect. But still really a much better sort of resolution to a lot of things. So, you should definitely check it out. I recommend if anybody who at least enjoyed the show at one time enjoyed it should probably watch it. To at least just see what happens. So, um... I, if I if I now that I have the Showtime add on, I'll probably actually dedicate the time to. I think it's only ten episodes, so that's probably an easy get through. Unless you want to go back to Dexter before, but I, I'm sure you don't want to piss yourself off again. <laughs> I feel like I remember the show well enough that I don't need to do that. You guys are right; it will piss me off. Anything after season four pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> right, you don't need to put yourself through that again. Oh, no. that shitty, oh my god, do you remember that terrible storyline near the end when they tried, like, Deb fell, uh, Deb was falling in love with him? That was so oh, weird. Man. That was so unnecessary. And I'm not even one, I'm not necessarily one to get overly squicked out by quote-unquote incest storylines between, like, step or adopted siblings in media, like, necessarily. Um, like, it doesn't bother me quite as much in, like, um, say, Umbrella Academy, because I feel like mm-hmm. the fact that it's, um, kind of wrong and fucked up is, like, 
part of the like, like their, their their relationship to each other is part of their trauma response to being raised terribly. But <laughs> I will but say, like, season three of that, without spoiling, did some very icky things that I don't think it addressed well. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't finished. I haven't finished Umbrella Academy. That's okay. There is some. There is some bad stuff in that. But like, like in concept, I don't. I'm not necessarily against that 100 percent of the time. But with Dexter, first of all, it was so forced. These actors never had that kind of chemistry. They played siblings who grew up together really, really well. Weren't they together, though? I think so. I think the actors were dating at some point. I don't care about that. That happens. That happens. I've seen that. I've seen that happen many times where actors who play siblings end up dating in real life because like, you, you spend a lot of time near each other. You get to know it. Like, this is just how, just that's how things go. But like, I, I, it was always weird. It was always uncomfy and it felt super forced and it felt like, like, I don't, I don't want to make an outside statement, an accusation of misogyny at the writers per se, but it very much felt like, uh, well, we don't really know what else to do in the wind down for our lead female character. Right. It very much felt like they didn't, like, oh, well, it's a girl. <laughs> they did a lot of bad things to her character. Yeah. Which the following season does try to address. And it was, I remember being super frustrated because I was like, okay, like that was the most exciting thing the show had done in years was having Deb finally find out and confront Dexter about being the Bay Harbor Butcher. I was stoked. I was up. I was paying attention. I was like, finally, you're moving your fucking plot forward. <laughs> and then that, right? And they handled it so bad. <laughs> they did. Terrible. Everything about it makes me so angry because I don't I don't have an issue. Okay, yeah, Deb can find out before Dexter gets arrested, so that it's her own crisis outside of the broader um, crisis of like everything in the department going to shit because their lead medical examiner is <laughs> a serial killer, but like. Ah, ah, I don't, ugh. It made every, everything about, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The reason, it makes okay. so, the reason it makes me so mad is because Dexter was such a good show. It had good actors, they had good characters, they had good stakes. It was weird and stupid at times, but it was interesting. And I was always super invested in Dexter the serial killer. And then they, they fucked it up. Yeah, well, also, another issue that came in is that they started trying to cushion Dexter's character a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, they started... Like, Dexter was always likable, and so there's nothing wrong with that. And they always wanted you to, like, have empathy for him. He was always a sympathetic character, like, certainly, because, like, they made it very clear that he'd been through very, very serious uh, and violent trauma, and that's why he is the way he is. But, like... The show also, it used to understand that he was a bad person. And I feel like the writers started to get up his own ass too much. And they started trying to make Dexter, like, the will-be victim. And, like, they gave away, like, they, 
they started to lean away from the fact, like the, the the fact of the matter is that this thing where Dexter thinks he can't control his urge to kill is bullshit. And the writers started to forget that when they got too complacent and they wanted people to like him more. So they started to make a lot of the deaths in the series less outside of, or more, more outside of Dexter's direct control. Hmm. Yeah. And they made him less responsible for everything. And that was getting always really annoying. Like, no, he kills people. And whatever, whatever terrible job his cop dad did, like, had to say to him about it, that's a choice. Every time he did it, it was a choice. Yeah. And then the writers mm. really, like, leaned away from that fact. And it got so, like, ah, uh, uh, uh. I think that's your reaction is, like, 90% of Dexter fans. I know it is. I know. I know that I'm not special. No, I'm not saying you're, you are special. You're you. And I love that. Thank you. Yeah. We, we, to move on to news that isn't nearly as, um, let's just say as frustrating as Dexter can be. Did you see any of the uh, the trailers and information that came out from Lucasfilm or for Star Wars Celebration? Um, I haven't seen any of it. I did hear that Daisy Ridley's coming back. Yes, for a new Ray film. Okay, talk about it. Talk about it. I mean, there's not much information to say that that they're just announced that they're working on a movie, um, and they're bringing Ray the character back. I think that was one of their big announcements. They didn't want to say too much. The other thing I saw was um, James Mangold's directing a Star Wars movie. Um, so, and he's just coming off of Indiana Jones, I believe. So that's pretty cool. Um, they had a new trailer for Indiana Jones, uh, and I think it still looks really good. I think the first trailer they released was better than the newest trailer. Um, but I, I, th- I think it all still looks really exciting. Do, do you like? Do you care about it or excited? Uh, I what I would like to be. I have had difficulty being engaged by Star Wars for a little while, but if it looks good, then it will. Intri- like if it's good, it will get my attention. So I I have hope with uh, Mangold being behind the camera because he made he's made some good movies recently. So that is exciting. Um, they showed the first trailer for Ahsoka, uh, the live action one with Rosario Dawson. Uh and it looks cool. I don't want to spoil much. They're bringing th- uh, Thrawn back from Star Wars Rebels. And the actor who played him in that is going to be playing him in live action. So that's cool. Trailer didn't show much either. Just enough to get, get you excited. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in the show. Uh, Ooh, so that is cool. exciting. Yeah, she's playing a new character. And she's in... She's in full, like, green makeup, so that's pretty cool. Uh, that's exciting. That is very exciting. Uh, so Soka looks cool. And then I think they talked a little bit about Alkalite, which is the the new show. And I think they showed a trailer there, but um, I forgot who's working on that show. They announced some new cast members. I'm not familiar with their names. 
but yeah, Star Wars is doing some interesting things, and of course the the new Indiana Jones movie this year. So those are the big sort of announcements they made in one day. Um, I am more optimistic for um, the Indiana Jones movie than I should be, realistically. Well, new filmmaker James Mangle came in to do this film. Um, the first trailer was awesome. Uh, the de-aging technology on Harrison looks really good. Um, he's fighting Nazis, so that's cool. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I think, I think it has a lot of potential to be super cool. I don't even think about, I don't even think the last film was that bad. I think it was pretty entertaining. The one, the one with, uh, Shia LaBeouf? Yes. I think it's fine. I think people over. I I, th- I think it's because at the time there was a very performative hatred of Shia LaBeouf, which uh, we don't need to get into Shia LaBeouf's present like social standing as as an actor, but like or in a person, it doesn't matter. But I feel like the, a lot of the push, like I feel uh, that like it's not as good as the first three movies. Um, but I I agree that people overstate the badness of Crystal Skull. Yeah. For sure. Um, I don't know. I think because I have, I am happy to see Harrison Ford be Indiana Jones, but at the same time, I have something of a moral, um, concern around this thing where we're just like about this technology to youthify actors. I get that. I, I have think at a, least with I Harrison's, have, I have a, I have a know. concern about the deep fakes in general, I guess. I have like an ethical and a moral, and legal quandaries all abound. I think um, when you have the actors um, consent, I don't really have as much of an issue with it, but I'm with you on that that fear. I agree. So, like, in the in the broad strokes, excuse me, um, legally speaking, okay, I would say... In the broad strokes, legally speaking, you should not be able to do something like this without the written consent of the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and or their families, if it is an actor who is passed, like in the case with um, Carrie Fisher and Peter Cushing, right? Right. Um, Advisory-wise, personally, if I were the Screen Actors Guild, I would be telling all of my members, do not let them do this in your contract. Put like, some sort of very, very, very strict specificity against deep fakes or the, no. or the purviews therein in your contract. Yeah, now you have to kind of do that, huh? If I were, if I, if I were this, if I were the Screen Actors Guild, I would be, I would be saying if I was a, an agent, if I was a manager, if I was an actor's lawyer, like I would be flocking to all of my clients, like you, we, you need to demand this in your contracts, that this cannot be done without your express permission, and that you have not given it needs to be given separately. And it needs to be given in, on a, on a case by case basis, project by project. Do not sign anything that lets them do it for more than one project at a time. That it would be, that's my, my big thing is I think that the, the industry, on an industry level, I think that the actors need to 
need to group and and get through their heads the the depths of problems it could solve if they don't put like a serious lock and standard for how this shit works now. That's true. No, I feel that. And, uh, but Disney's gonna keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Disney. <sighs> I'm still excited for the movie. I hope it turns out good. I don't think it's gonna turn out terrible. I think it'll probably be pretty good. I know that Harrison Ford only agreed to do Star Wars if they let him do another Indiana Jones, so. He got his wish. <laughs> yeah. Um. Harrison Ford's been on a good year so far, by the way. Harrison Ford was in, uh, 1923, which is not bad on Paramount. Um, he was also in Shrinking over on Apple TV, which I also watched, and that was fun. It was fun to see Harrison in a comedy. It was in what that he was in? Uh, Shrinking on Apple TV with, uh, Jason Siegel. I don't know. I don't know this. Uh, it's a it's a comedy from the creators of um, Scrubs. It's a well comedy with some drama in it. It's about Jason Siegel, who is a therapist who lost his his wife and his mourning. Um, but he tries new and unconventional ways to deal with the clients that he's seeing in therapy. And Harrison Ford plays his boss. Okay. So it's like a comedy with some sadness. Apple TV? Apple TV, yeah. Well, maybe. I'll see. It it's depends good. what what access I get. It's, it's my a good contacts. Show. Yeah. Very official and important sounding. <laughs> yes. We'll have to see what what, what can work. Uh, if you see it, it's good. If you want to see Harrison in a comedy, he's he's good. It's kind of nice to see, actually. Yeah, no, I'm I'm curious about it. I feel like I haven't seen him doing something not quite like that. Yeah, like that before, really. Yeah, it's pretty unique. It is also funny that I was watching both shows, him that that 1923 and that at the same time. So it would go from Harrison being like super serious, sort of older cowboy, to like sarcastic um you know therapist I do love seeing actors in multiple roles at the same time <laughs> plus he's got Indiana Jones and for his age he's 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 keeps going <laughs> appreciate that it is. It's nice. I was just thinking about that the other day actually about how many actors we have that like are who are still like kicking I know. And I look at like 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 uh, Dick Van Dyke. Oh yeah. Is still here, and we should all be grateful for that. I am grateful, and I'm glad that that, that he's still he's still around. He's just he's a positive ray of sunshine. <laughs> um, was there anything else that you wanted to cover before we um, you know? I don't think I don't think anything specific at the moment. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh I think that was a good point to leave it on. Uh 
So if you're interested in Star Wars stuff, go check out those trailers on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a brief announcement before we do our plugs. Uh, next, I believe next week, I will double check, I believe next week is our 100th episode. Um, I am very excited to, uh, to ha- we'll, we'll have some interesting guests on that show. We're going to have fun. Right, Lizzie? Yeah, it'll be very exciting. It'll be very exciting to... Come um, come listen to it. Come back next week. Yes. If if you don't, we will be sad. And you don't want to make us sad. Because I will cry for hours. <laughs> but seriously, come for the 100th episode. It'll be a great time. Um, Lizzie, do you want to plug where people can find you? Um, you can find me at Lizzie Lemon Drop on Twitter or The Final Whore on TikTok. I might private my TikTok for a little while soon, though. Yeah, so, that's understandable. You know, um, what with what with the rumors about certain things flying around, I'm probably going to straight up not even want to use the app for a few days. <laughs> about certain fair. things we're not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're not talking about it. Um, I am Crystal Williams. You can follow me at my Medium, where I actually just posted an article. Uh, you can go on my Twitter account, at CrystalWRocks, where people get mad at me for pointing out the stupidity of things. So, yeah, you can do that. Or you can donate to me, which is cool. And uh, with that being said, Give thank you for listening. Give us money, Give Give us money plenty. Give All us the money. monies. What? What? Somebody Who said that? I don't know. That was weird. I didn't hear anything. Me neither. Thank you for listening to the another episode of the Galaxy Kingdom podcast. We love you, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.